Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and join me again today as we continue in Romans chapter 8 on this theme. We groan because of the pressures of this life, but nature groans too. You know what that groaning is? The Bible calls it birth pangs because birth pangs mean there's a child coming. We should look forward in anticipation to our resurrection body that's coming. The earth is looking forward to those birth pangs turning into a millennial reign of Jesus Christ. In other words, the best is yet to come. Why should you be troubled today? Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's a pleasure to have you watching me, and I hope it's a pleasure for you to be watching me. And again, for us to join together is wonderful. So, you know, I, I make these programs months in advance. I get testimonies. The testimonies are just incredible of people saying, it's exactly what I needed. God actually times this thing. I do it today, not knowing exactly what day it's going to show. But when it shows, it answers people's need they had that day. It's almost like they were praying that morning and pff, this broadcast came on and answered it. So the timing of God is incredible. So, you know, say, well, I'd rather you be live. Well, I'm not going to be live. You know, this is things we can use over and over again. And on top of that, if Jesus doesn't come for a number of years, I'll be dead after a while. But these programs can still be alive and you can still watch them. The books will be available, all that thing. So again, understand something. A person can be dead, but the word of God lives and abides forever. What they teach can go on. Some of the teachers I, I listen to, got them on recordings and buy their books and stuff. One of the major ones that affected my life died in 1960. There's another guy that affected my life tremendously, died in 1990s. And so again, it comes back to it. These guys are dead, but also I have books on my shelf that were written back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, and are still tremendous blessings today. Why? The person that was here was used of God and the word of God they taught lives and abides forever. That's why I tell you it's important to have yourself a great library of Christian material because any other books on your shelf, whether they be novels or things, will all be gone one day, but the word of God lives and abides forever. I'm teaching from the book of Romans, I'm offering the book on this, and they'll come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of this for yourself. But again, I want you to be blessed by having this. And so again, this will be available to you, and I know it'll be a great blessing to you. And, uh, you know, I have a testimony here I want to I read. This is from Mary. And Mary says, I watch your television program every day and am blessed by your teaching. In appreciation, I have enclosed a small donation. Well, Mary, I want you to understand, you may think it's a small donation, but God does it, and I don't. I'm just glad that you've given into this ministry because it may be the widow's might to you, but God can use it tremendously. And even if it's a small amount, we put it in with other people's small amount, we put it in with large amounts. The point of it is, is the accumulation of giving from everybody doing their part. I never ask for a specific amount of money from you. You. Because some will go, ah, that's nothing I can give. That others will say, whoa, that's so much. God wants you to give according to what you have and according to what, and he'll begin to increase what you have if you'll start giving that to him out of love for people, love for the gospel and love for God and love for this ministry that I have. If you're not a partner with me, would you please do so? Join Mary as she has joined me in becoming a partner with me. Why don't you do the same thing and go to my website, bobyandian.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and for you to say the same thing 
This program is a blessing. I learned things I've never seen before. I understand things I couldn't understand before. And it all came because of the anointing that's on you. Well, I thank you for that. I thank God for that. I'm just one of many ministers sharing what I know. And together we all form again, those ministers in the body of Christ. But I have my particular unique way of ministering the word of God as do other great ministers out there. So again, thank you for identifying with that and becoming a partner with me. Let's take a look at chapter eight of Romans again. Let's begin in verse 21. This is where we left off with the last broadcast. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. There's going to come a day. There's two comings of Jesus yet. Okay, it's talked about in 1 Timothy chapter 4 at his uh appearing and his kingdom. There's an appearing yet, that's for the church. And then there's the kingdom, that's for all of nature, all of creation, that's for the entire earth, all nations. But he's coming for the church, first of all, called his appearing. That's the rapture of the church. He appears in the sky. We give us, we get a resurrection body. All the people from the church from the day of Pentecost come back with him on that day and they receive a resurrection body. At the same time, we receive a resurrection body. We who are alive and remain, They'll come down and join us. We'll all receive a resurrection body at the same time, rise to meet Jesus in the air, and then we'll go to be with him in heaven for seven years. We'll go through the judgment seat of Christ. And during that time, the rewards will be given to us. The things we have done in the flesh that were in carnality and all that will be burned up. What we did in spirituality, what we did out of love for God, love for people, love for the ministry, love to see people get saved. We gave, we did all these wonderful things, even a cup of cold water, as we talked about with Mary before, she gave such a small offering. I'm sure if we give a cup of cold water, we think, what is this? It says you'll receive a prophet's reward. You did it out of love. You did it out of love for God and love for people. That's what will be rewarded in heaven. And during that seven years, at the end of it, we will be fashioned into the bride of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. Right now, we're not the bride. We're the body of Christ. We are the church. And on that day, the that will all be turned into the bride of Christ. And in Revelation 19, at the end of that seven years, we will come back. And this is what creation is waiting for. Creation is waiting for the manifestation, the showing of the sons of God. I'm a son of God now, a child of God. If you're a Christian, you're a child of God, but the world can't see it. They can only see our flesh on the outside. They watch us get old through the years, but you know what? They might see the uh, testimony of it. We live for Jesus, but on that day, we'll be coming back in resurrection bodies and all of creation will see the manifestation of the sons of God. And on that day, the Jesus Christ that took us up at the rapture and changed us is going to change the earth. And at the end of that seven years of tribulation, the earth and all of the church coming back with Jesus will all be shouting and rejoicing together and proclaiming the glorious liberty of the children of God. So again, nature will be delivered from the bondage of corruption at the starting of the millennium. No more thorns, no more storms, no more wars. Nature will be delivered into the liberty at the same time the children of God return with Jesus to rule the earth. The church's deliverance comes seven years earlier at the rapture and the nature's redemption comes seven years after the rapture at the coming of Jesus Christ to rule and to reign. On that day, the curse that's on this earth will be totally removed. 
Nature will no longer suffer as it has before. No more thorns, no more storms. The wolf will lay down with the lamb on that day and all of creation will be rejoicing at the coming of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that curse will be lifted off of them. It's told about it in Psalm 98 verses seven through nine. And here it says, recording on that day, what's gonna happen? Let the seas roar and the fullness of it, the world and all those who dwell in it, let the floods clap their hands, let the hills be rejoicing together before the Lord for he comes to judge the earth with righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. So this verse is telling what's gonna happen there. In other words, all of nature will break forth into the same glorious liberty as the children of God. Romans chapter eight is now tying in with what was prophesied earlier in the Psalms. There's coming a day when the seas will clap their hands, the oceans will clap their hands, all of nature will break forth, the hills will be joyful together as Jesus Christ comes back to judge the earth and set up his righteous kingdom for a thousand years on this earth, which is just the beginning of eternity. After that thousand years, he'll completely renovate the earth and all people on the earth will have resurrection bodies and nature will be in wonderful unity with all of that. And Jesus Christ will come and again be on the earth and rule forever from a recreated earth. And that's gonna happen on that day at the end of the thousand years. Isaiah chapter 55 says in verses 12 and 13, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace The mountains and the hills will break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, there will come up a fir tree and instead of a briar will come up a myrtle tree and it will be to the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. Wow. When Jesus Christ comes back at the millennium to start the millennium, the millennium is only the start of it. Oh, there's gonna be a rebellion at the end of the millennium, a small war that God's gonna have to handle at that time. But believe me, they will not remove Jesus Christ from ruling on this earth. They will not stop the reign of him. And those people will be removed at that time. And the earth will go in from that time on to everybody on the earth will have resurrection bodies. And forever will nature and the believers all be rejoicing together. And in other words, we're going to have, first of all, a thousand year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. I like to think of this as a thousand years of the Garden of Eden. And then after that, we'll have an eternity of the Garden of Eden on this earth as God intended it in the first place. It only lasted for a short period of time before Adam and Eve sinned and threw us into this mess. But when the last Adam comes back, he will never ever fall for Satan's traps. And we're going to have an eternal millennial reign of Jesus Christ, an eternal reign of him forever and forever on this earth. And during that time again, we will have forever a garden of Eden, perfect weather, perfect everything, and Jesus Christ to rule and reign over it. So again, Isaiah, I want to read those two verses again, 12 and 13 of Isaiah 55. You will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. In Psalms, you read the oceans will clap their hands. They'll no longer be under the curse. Verse 13, instead of the thorn, there will come up a fir tree. Instead of the briar, will come up a myrtle tree. And it will be to the Lord for a name, an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. In other words, when Jesus Christ comes back and starts the millennial reign, it will last forever and forever. The millennium itself is only a thousand years, but his reign will go on forever and forever. And the earth will move into the final part. And all unbelievers will have gone through the uh, great white throne judgment at the end of the millennium and all be cast in the lake of fire with Satan and the fallen angels and on the demons
sins and all those will be cast in the lake of fire at that time forever and forever, but we will rule with Jesus Christ forever and forever. In other words, I've read the end of the book and we win. Why should you even be troubled today for all that's going on in the world around us, wars and all the things we see happening and all the inflation and things happening in our own country and instability? All I can tell you is Jesus Christ is gonna come back and on that day, he's gonna show us who is really King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who really rules this planet. And it's not mankind, it's not human government, it's the government of God himself. And on that day, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and he shall reign forever and forever. Jesus Christ will rule. Sitting on the throne in Jerusalem, and we will go visit him. We'll be all over the earth as we have resurrection bodies, and we can even travel through the universe in our resurrection bodies. Oh, the future is incredible. But also to let you know, why should you get upset with what you see going on around you? God has, in essence, showed us the end. I like to think of this. God has DVR'd history. I mean, it's one thing to sit down and watch a football game with your friends, but it's a, it's been DVR'd. You got to watch it, but you DVR'd and they told you, don't, don't tell us the end of the, we want to see it. And all through the game, they're all shook up that our home team is losing, but you got to watch it. And you know, in the last 10 seconds, there's going to be a Hail Mary that's thrown down there and the receiver's going to catch it and we're going to win by two points. You know that already. So you're not even shook up by anything. If you've read the end of the book, if you've DVR'd and gone down to the end of this thing, we win. That way you can come back to where we are today and realize we're going to win this game. Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to just conquer Satan, kick him off the planet, kick all demons off the planet, religion off the planet, and he's going to reign forever and forever and we will reign with him. That's how this whole thing ends. So the good news is you and I are on the winning team. I'll see you right after the break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the Book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Hello again. We're coming back here to chapter eight of Romans. Let's go to verse 22. And in verse 22, here's what we read. We know, man, you can say this together. We know, we know, here's what we know. We know that the whole creation groans and labors in pains together until now. The Greek word here means that the earth is going through birth pangs. We're also told that the church is going through birth pangs. We'll be finding that out here in this verse of scripture. But all these birth pangs are now coming to show that the earth is pregnant. Birth pangs are in reference to a woman having a child and the birth pangs are there. Once they start, they get closer and closer and closer together until that baby is born. What does the woman do? She looks at those birth pangs and even though there is pain attached to childbirth, Every pain tells her that child is one step closer, one pain closer to actually being born into this earth. And the earth is pregnant. The whole earth groans and labors in birth pangs together until now. Verse 18 told us the sufferings or the groanings now are not even to be compared with the glory yet to be revealed. Groanings look back to the fall of Adam when sin was conceived and travail looks forward to the second coming of Jesus when deliverance has come and the curse will be removed. In other words, everything we see around us, every tornado, every time we have an earthquake, every time there is a storm, every time there is, there's rumblings around the earth and wars going on, it is one birth pang closer to the coming of Jesus Christ. And we need to see that. I don't like the wars going on. I don't like the condition of our country. I don't like the way things are going in our government. I don't like the cost of, of things around us, food and fuel and all these other things. I don't like the fact that those things seem out of range right now, but you know what the point of it is? Everything is a birth paying closer to the coming of Jesus Christ, first for the church and second of all for the earth. And the same Jesus Christ that's going to take us up at the rapture is the same Jesus Christ that will seven years later come back with us and establish his kingdom on this earth. So our redeemer is the earth's redeemer. And what does the world do? It keeps waiting and this earth keeps waiting, looking forward to the time of the coming of the Lord Jesus. Even the earth knows it's going to have a redeemer come. In other words, all I'm telling you is, have you ever heard a cow groan and travail because the problems it's going through? No, but people do. Christians do. Christians gripe and complain about what's going on the earth today, but a cow just keeps on living. You know why? Because all of nature knows its redemption day is coming. Ours has already come. It started when we got born again and it's gonna be consummated when Jesus comes back for us and gives us a resurrection body. Why can't we just be as smart as a cow and quit complaining about everything around us? The oceans don't complain. The fish don't complain. Why? Because God watches out for them every single day, even though the earth is under a curse. And even though I am still in my flesh, still under the curse, it won't be delivered till this flesh takes on a resurrection body. On that day, I'll be delivered from it. But in the meantime, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There's deliverance for famine in the word of God. There's deliverance during economic collapse in the word of God. As David said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. So I'm not going to beg bread. My children are not going to beg for bread. My grandchildren are not going to beg for bread. God that supplied for me, my father, my grandfather before him is going to supply for all those after me. God is always faithful. So again, I should be like creation, just patiently wait for the coming of Jesus Christ. And in the meantime, win more souls to Jesus. In the meantime, make more disciples for him, fulfill the great 
Commission at the time of the writing of Romans. Nature was groaning and travailing. That's what Paul's telling us. And that was almost 2,000 years ago. It's more intense today. Every time we see sin and its effects around us, it causes two things, groaning and travailing. We are angry at Satan, but we rejoice in hope for the day of our deliverance. Look at Matthew chapter 24. Just turn over there. Keep your finger there in Romans and take a look at Matthew chapter 24. Here Jesus prophesies of the days to come. In verses four through eight, this is the church age. Romans chapter 24, verses four through eight is the church age. Starting in verse nine, he goes right into the tribulation. And these are the days we live in. Notice what he says in verse four. Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you. Boy, is there deception out there today. There's people prophesying things that are so silly, so outside the word of God, and yet Christians are believing them because they're looking for some kind of hope. Your hope is understanding the word of God. Your hope is in the coming of Jesus Christ at the rapture. In fact, the rapture is called the great hope of the church. So verse four, Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you for many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and will deceive many. You'll hear of wars, rumors of wars, see to it that you're not troubled. Wars are hot wars and rumors of wars are cold wars. See to it that you're not troubled for all these things must underline the word must these things must come to pass. So we're going to have wars. We're not going to stop wars. They're still going to come, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in different places. Verse eight, all these are the beginnings of birth pangs. Here we go again, teaching the same things. Jesus said here, all these things you're seeing are the beginnings of birth pangs. In other words, birth pangs are not something terrible. They're pointing to the coming of a baby. A baby's going to be born. The earth is pregnant, but listen, so is the church. The church is pregnant. The earth is pregnant here in Matthew 24, but in Romans chapter eight, he's telling us that nature also and the church are also pregnant. We are pregnant together and we groan together. We go through the same things together. The earth has a birth pang. We go through trials and troubles in life, but our ending is going to come at the rapture of the church and the the earth's ending, having that child is going to come at the millennial reign of Jesus Christ when he comes back from heaven. So go back again with me to Romans chapter eight, and let's take a look at verse 23. And here in verse 23, he says, not only they, that is nature, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, that's the new birth. The first fruits of the spirit to us is the new birth. And there's other fruits after that being filled with the spirit, growth in the things of God. But we, he's talking here to strictly Christians, okay? Whether you're mature or not, but not only they, that is nature, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, that's the new birth. Even we Christians ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting the adoption, the redemption of our body. And here he's talking about the fact we're gonna have a resurrection body. We are looking forward to the rapture of the church at that time called the adoption, where even our physical body will become part of the this uh, redemption plan. Right now it's not, but we'll have a resurrection body on that. And here he calls it the redemption of our our body. So this verse is saying, is, is uh, creation suffering? Yes. Is creation groaning? Yes. But also we as Christians are. In other words, is nature pregnant? So is the church. Nature is pregnant with the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and the church is pregnant with the rapture of Jesus coming back for us and the church going to heaven and us being transformed into a resurrection body and there will be with him from that time on forever 
and forever. Even believers suffer. The part of us which is tied with nature, our bodies, still maintains the curse. We have the nature of the flesh, which has been the object of discussion for quite a few chapters before. We're now bringing a culmination to that. When nature groans, we groan. Trials not only come to the sinner, but also to those who've received Jesus as Savior. The world has trouble, we have trouble. We haven't been delivered out of those troubles, we will be delivered through them, but we still go through troubles. Does the world go through financial trouble? We do once in a while. Does the world get sick? We do once in a while. Does the world have sin? We do once in a while, but we have a power against it. We can walk against those things and we can see growth in our life, but we're always going to have times we're going to see some things not go right in our life, but you know what? Well, welcome to life, but also we have not received a resurrection body yet. Trials not only come to the sinner, but also to those who have received Jesus as Savior. Those who are born again are not exempt, but contrarywise are more of a target than ever for Satan. The adoption mentioned here is still yet to come. Adoption has three uses in the Word of God for the believer. The Spirit adopted us at birth, that's the new birth, Our soul is adopted through spiritual maturity, but the body will be adopted at the rapture when the body will take on a new resurrection body. Our bodies, which have the nature of the flesh, which is called sin in the singular, have yet to be redeemed or adopted. This occurs when we receive a resurrection body free from sin and it's ever driving nature. Let's take a look at some verses of scripture on that. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter four. These are great scriptures talking about the same thing we're talking about here. Right now we have a natural body, but one day we'll have a resurrection body, and your body's called vessels. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, take a look at verses 7 through 9. We have this treasure, that's the new birth, Jesus Christ living in us, the Holy Spirit living in us. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have this treasure in vessels of dirt. The King James says earthen vessels. What's that saying? This treasure is inside of a body that is death doomed. The treasure of the Holy Spirit lives inside of a a temple that's made out of dirt, but the dirt is cursed. And that's going to last until we die and this body turns into dirt or into ashes. And then one day that's gonna be turned into a resurrection body. We have this treasure in earthen or dirt vessels that the excellency of the power may be from God and not from us. God said, I left you in that condition for one thing. You can't claim your own glory. You can't claim your own goodness because if it comes from you, it came from a dirt. Dirt dab of dirt, that's what you are. Verse eight says, we're troubled on every side, but not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but never forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. What's this saying? Has Satan knocked you down? Just get up. He knocks you down physically, but how do you get back up spiritually? Your spirit on the inside says, stand back up. Let's get back into the game and let's keep on going. So we're still troubled on every side, but you know what? We have an answer for it. Where the world has no answer, we have an answer. And God has simply said, you're going through the same problems the world is, but you have an answer. And that answer is through Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word of God, and your will to use it just to stand back up. So have you been knocked down? Get back up. We're troubled on every side, but not distressed. Persecuted, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but never forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Look at one more verse of Scripture with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1-4. through 4. We know that if our earthly house of this body were dissolved, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this body, we groan. 
Nature groans, we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house. That's our new body, which is from heaven. This natural body will be turned into a resurrection body. But even if being clothed, we are found naked, that's not saved. We don't want to have a resurrection body like sinners do because they're not saved. They'll have a resurrection body that will go through hell and the lake of fire forever, not us. For we who are in this body do groan. Here's that same phrase again, being burdened. Not that we were unclothed, that means never saved, but clothed. That means we are righteous, that mortality may be swallowed up of eternal life. That's the day we look forward to, the day of the coming of Jesus Christ. Well, we'll continue this with the next broadcast. Have a great time studying these things, and we'll come back to more of it next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.